The text for the sermon this morning is Isaiah 54, verse 13. Isaiah 54, verse 13. We'll read that verse again. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, nowadays all the children go to school or they're homeschooled. Education is the law in our country. And the one loves to learn and the other does not like school education. But whether they like it or not, Kids nowadays need education to function in society. Years ago, you might have gotten somewhere if you just had some practical skills. But today, you need education. And it's no wonder that a lot of attention is paid to education nowadays. Well, our text also talks about education children being taught but the instruction our text speaks about is a special kind of instruction not elementary or high school or college education but the highest education of all heavenly education and this instruction isn't reserved for children who are perfect and smart But for people who out of themselves wouldn't ever pass a single test in that heavenly instruction. And the teacher is actually the Lord, our covenant God himself. And I preach to you the word of God in the text about children taught by the Lord. We'll see first where those children live, where they are, what they're taught in the second place and in the third place why they are taught that by the Lord where they are all your children it says at the beginning of the text and the Lord is here speaking of future inhabitants of Jerusalem if you take the whole chapter into context it's about future inhabitants of Jerusalem future inhabitants he's talking about because at the time The words of the text were spoken by the Lord through Isaiah. Jerusalem had no inhabitants at all. The city was in ruins. It was an an uninhabitable pile of rubble. The people who lived there had all been killed or transported off to Babylon. And Foxes and owls lived among the ruins. Many of those exiles living in Babylon figured that that was it for Jerusalem. It would never be inhabited again. It was over for the covenant people and the promises they had received. Others weren't even interested in thinking about Jerusalem or going back there again. They had built a life for themselves there in Babylon adapted to culture there. There was nothing in the old country for them anymore. The point was, 
that among those exiles in Babylon, there was no living in hope at all anymore. Most of them, we could say, had given up on a future for Zion, the city of God. And Jerusalem was like a barren woman to them who had no prospect of bearing children and would have no impact on the future. But then the prophet comes with chapter 54. And in our text he says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord. Would there then be descendants, children living in Jerusalem, being taught by the Lord at his house? The city was a ruin, a widow without children. How could there be a future for a city and a people like that? Put aside by the Lord. Well, the Lord promises that he will remember his covenant. And that Jerusalem will have so many children in the future that the city will be packed full of them. The barren one will bear children, he says at the beginning of Isaiah 54. And then in verse 2, he says, Therefore, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. It's like a tent. It's got to be made bigger to hold all the children there. The barren city will bear many covenant children. And the Lord promises to do that. Many children. He'll give Jerusalem a future. His people are not going to be swallowed up forever and disappear in Babylon. He'll make sure that Jerusalem will be populated with his people again. So the Lord tells those exiles without hope in Babylon, Jerusalem will be filled and especially with children. And yes, you could apply that to the return from exile. We know 70 years after the exile, a remnant of people returned to Jerusalem. They rebuilt the temple, first of all, and later on, the walls of the city and so on. A wonderful fulfillment of that prophecy, but that's not actually the, the full fulfillment of what Isaiah prophesied when he spoke of children in Jerusalem in our text. No, the Jerusalem with the wonderful, wonderfully rich foundation with precious stones in it, he speaks here of sapphires and so on, just before our text, is actually the New Testament church, the New Testament Jerusalem. That church is built on the precious confession of the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there will be children in that church, covenant children born there. Notice after all that our text is in Isaiah 54. And I'm sure you know what's in Isaiah 53. The suffering servant of the Lord. The Messiah who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. When you make his soul an offering for sin, the Lord says in Isaiah 53 verse 10, He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. 
is because Jesus Christ died and rose again for sinners that there will be a growing church for him. Seed for him. A church gathered out of many nations. A church full of covenant children in which covenant children would be born and taught by the Lord. And so in the new covenant, the Lord gathers and builds a church for himself in the unity of true faith. The faith in Jesus Christ. And he makes sure that the powers of death will never overcome her. As we confess in the Belgic Confession, the church of God has existed from the beginning of the world and will be to the end. And this holy church is preserved by God against the fury of the whole world, although for a while it may look very small and as extinct in the eyes of men. For Christ is a king who cannot be without subjects. And we could add on to that his city is a city that cannot be without children. The thing is, the church is God's work on the basis of Christ's atoning work on the cross. And we should never forget that. And that's why it's here, too. Here in Owen Sound. Not because the people are so faithful and true and so willing and so smart, but because the Lord has gathered us here. He has brought together here. He brings people in here. He gives covenant children. He makes sure that there's a church which confesses one Lord, one faith, one baptism. All your children, the Lord says to those Israelites who had been deported to Babylon. He says, he's prophesying that Jerusalem would be filled with children, covenant youth. He gathers and keeps a church for himself. He does that. That's how he worked in Isaiah's time. That's how he works today. We can sometimes worry about the future of the church, right? Will there still be a church of the Lord in a couple of generations? And we sometimes worry about how we can draw people into to the church, to Christ. And sure, we need to think about those things to a certain extent. Ask ourselves how we can best show the gospel to others and best pass on the faith to the next generation. We need to do our utmost, as our brother and sister Winkles promised here this morning, to instruct and have our children instructed in the doctrine of God's word. Our utmost. At the same time, though, we we need to remember that it's actually God, the Lord God alone, who can give that faith, who can instruct in the hearts As the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 6, which we read together, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. The word there actually means dragging, kicking and screaming. It's the Lord's work. It's his spirit who ultimately has to teach the hearts of our children. And we have to remember that. It's not all up to us. wouldn't be good if it was all in our hands as sinful people. The church would have disappeared long ago. There would be no youth in the streets of Jerusalem. No youth in the pews. 
congregation, we have to do our utmost to instruct our children in the truth of the gospel, always humbly acknowledging that ultimately it's the Lord who alone can teach their hearts. The church congregation is the Lord's own work on the basis of his suffering, death, and resurrection. And when we belong to it, it's his doing. And that we have children who may belong to the covenant and church to his doing. This is not our church here. It's the Lord's. And it should make, that should make us extremely humble. And prayerful. Extremely prayerful. We need to keep bringing the church, parents, children, reformed school to the Lord in daily prayer. We look at the second place at what those children are taught. Congregation, as we mentioned already, parents have the duty to instruct their children, give them a good upbringing and to educate them so they can occupy a place in church and society. Ultimately, it's the Lord that has to teach our children The prophet says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord. They're his kids. The Israelites, you remember, were in exile in Babylon, far away from the temple service in Jerusalem, and the knowledge of God had declined there in Babylon. By the time the Jews were allowed to return to Jerusalem again and to Palestine, we know from Ezra and Nehemiah that they all had to be instructed again in the law so that they would know how to serve the Lord. That had been, a lot of that had been forgotten. And the Lord had that instruction in mind when he promises in our text that all those children in Jerusalem will be taught by the Lord. He promised to teach them his word and open the minds and hearts so that they would know him and believe in him. But he used teachers and preachers of the word for that. Nehemiah and Ezra and so on. And parents, you see, teachers, preachers, parents are his teaching aids. But again, as we mentioned before, Isaiah's prophecy in our text was ultimately about the New Testament church of Christ. Today, we have more than the people who returned to Jerusalem. We have the full gospel of Christ who gave himself for us. We have the whole Bible, all the books of the Bible, the New Testament too. And when that glorious gospel is proclaimed or taught or shown in home, church or school, then it's actually the Lord himself who teaches us. He, it comes to our minds, but he lets it sink into our hearts. Jesus Christ is the highest prophet and teacher. He suffered, died, and rose again for all his students. He instructs via parents at home, via preaching, catechism instruction in church, also via Christian schools. Via that, he works in the hearts, instructs the hearts. And when people hear the proclamation of the gospel of what he did for us on the cross, And then they take that to heart. They're in the Lord's school. He doesn't only open the minds, but also opens the hearts by his teaching. And that's why the Lord Jesus quoted our text when the Pharisees murmured 
at his teaching in John 6. We read part of John 6 there. Jesus trying to instruct the Pharisees. They refused to be taught the gospel he proclaimed. That's why they did not and could not believe. It's via the gospel, via the proclamation and teaching of the gospel that the Lord brings to understanding in the mind, but also acceptance in the heart of the promises of the gospel. It's via the word that God draws the heart to him, draws his elect to the Savior Jesus Christ. But even though he does that, he uses us, as I mentioned, he uses all of us here, members and parents and office bearers and teachers. He uses all of us as his instruments to teach. And it's our responsibility to do our utmost to let the youth of the church in particular hear about the promises of the gospel which they've been given and which were sealed to them by baptism. They hear that, then the Lord can reach their hearts too. Do the parents here still actually give instruction in God's word to their sons and daughters in one or another way at home? They take time for that? Do they sit down with their sons and daughters for that? Say, you know, after the Bible reading at table, discuss what, is, what has been read and how that applies? Or maybe when they're younger, maybe in question and answer format, what, what did we read? What was it about? And does the preaching also reach the hearts of the young people in the congregation? Are the sermons, do, do, do the parents ever discuss the, what was proclaimed with their children, the youth? And do we all still support and make sure there's Christian education available to the youth of the church? And do, do the parents pray for the catechism instruction on Tuesdays, maybe at supper time? And are they part of that instruction too? Do they ask their children about it? Again, you know, we can't give our children faith. No matter how much we'd like to sometimes, we can't. The Lord has to do that. Only he can work in hearts. No one can come to Jesus Christ unless God the Father draws him. The Lord keeps his church by opening the minds, but also and especially the hearts to the gospel. He's the ultimate teacher. But that doesn't take away from our responsibility to make sure that the gospel is brought to our children too. The Bible has to come on the, on the table at home. And when the time is right, our children need to be instructed in the word by dad and mom and the youth have to hear the gospel proclaimed also for them in church and they need catechism teaching systematic catechism teaching an education in which the word is the real basis and is referred to often then our children we could say are in God's school 
and they can also be taught by the, the Lord and drawn by him to Christ, the Savior, to love Christ. Yes, there are, sadly, people who are baptized, but who forsake the promises of the Lord given to them as covenant children. And why? It's possible that that could be because their parents would, were not good instruments of the Lord as they promised to be to the utmost of their power. But not always. Not always. There are parents who did their best, their utmost to teach and guide and warn their children and who to their sorrow still saw them leave the Lord. And that can cause a lot of sorrow in a family. Not all who are taught the word at home, church, school necessarily let themselves be taught by the Lord. And that shows us there is no system that works for us and system that doesn't work. No, we have to accept that ultimately it is the Lord. But that doesn't take away from the fact that we need to be the best instruments possible. So the point is that the adult members of the church, parents, office bearers, teachers, others too, have the responsibility to open the word to the younger generation with their mouth, but also in their deeds. Especially also constantly pray for that next generation on the basis of the covenant promises they were given. Then God does his teaching. Then He'll bring those whom he gave to his son into his kingdom of peace. And that's that's the last point. Why they're taught to accept the gospel by the Lord. The last line of the text congregation says, and great shall be the peace of your children. Peace. And now you know that in the Hebrew original, that word will be shalom. Shalom which means peace then. Great shall be the peace of your children. And that word peace, shalom, is a word that sums up all the benefits of God's grace and salvation in Jesus Christ. That's why the the angels sang peace on earth when at the birth of Jesus. It sums up all the benefits of God's grace and salvation in Jesus Christ. It's a peace of God that passes all understanding, as Paul writes, Philippians 4. Forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, regeneration, the renewal of life, everlasting joy, hope. In other words, the the fullness of salvation in every respect. Those are the blessings for children taught by the Lord. That's what they attain through living faith in Jesus Christ. Peace, shalom. Parents nowadays, you know, they they all want the best for their children. They love their children. They want the best for them, the best future. Good education, they can enjoy maybe a successful career, can have prosperity later on in life. The government even encourages, you know, you can put money into tax shelters for your child's education later on. And it's all that working for, for, a good education is, is excellent. But no matter how beneficial and how 
how beneficial a good intellectual education in school and in post-secondary institutions of learning may be for the success of our children. We may never forget spiritual education in the school of the Lord, our covenant God, is still a lot, lot more important than all other instruction for the future of our children. Being taught in the ways of the Lord and accepting the promises of the gospel in living faith is a lot more important for covenant children. It's, that's way up here. Education for a successful career is down here. Taking the time, making the effort to show your children to the promises of God and the will of God and praying for them that the Lord will teach their hearts is much more important than anything that they can learn in college or university. No education there can give the peace that our text talks about. Only the child that is spiritually instructed in heart, taught by the Lord, then through parents and others, opening the word and showing the promises of God, only that child has the peace of God that eternal joy of God in his or her future. I don't want to play down the importance of college or university education in any way, of course, going into all kinds of fields of instruction and knowledge is kingdom work too. But as someone once wrote, a construction laborer digging a hole in the ground, working away in faith, Humbly serving the Lord in his work is a much greater blessing for the kingdom of God than a whole laboratory full of top-notch scientists who don't believe in God and in creation and salvation. We need to always keep that in mind, brothers and sisters, when we're thinking about our children's future. Have them baptized here. What will the future be? Well, the most important thing we can do for our children's future is instruction in what God has promised them according to his word and what his will for us is as his children, then he can teach them too. If we give them that, then the Lord can teach them too. So let's do that to the best of our ability. Pray for the Lord to teach the children of the church so they can enjoy the the peace that passes understanding. And boys and girls, young people, always remember that though it's important to get a good education, study hard for a good career, what's most important of all is that you know God's word and that you love him. Then your future is secure, truly secure. Then you enjoy the peace and prosperity of Jerusalem. And then your peace will be greater than anybody can understand. Amen.